This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MCOM podcast. You'll have everything Milton Keynes Dons. Another solo pod for myself today. Uh, unfortunately, Joe is still busy packing away his Christmas uh, gifts and orders for all of the people that all of bits from his business. So, just myself today re- reacting to, of course, the the forest screen result and looking ahead to Morecambe, um, as well as a little comment, of course, to the two games at Stadium MK over the Christmas break against Colchester and Crawley. Well, Forest Green. I mean, honestly. I've, one of the most routine Don's performances I've seen in a little while. Obviously, a 2 0 result at Stadium MK, um, you know, keeping Don's and B Street going, of course, under Mike Williamson, despite the Acton um, opening day defeat when he said of his tenure. Um, yeah, really routine. Obviously, the first half, um, we were given the time of the day of the football, really, thanks to Forest Green. And of course, we capitalised on that through an attack down the right hand side via Joe Tomlinson. He played it inside the box to Max Dean and Max Dean teams to score and form for the football club. Um, again, a really, really culture finish into the side. They seemed to make it 1-0 pretty early on in the first half. And, you know, Don's pretty much controlled the game from there, really. Obviously, the second goal came from a very similar similar angle with Tomlinson on the right-hand side. Uh, played it into Jack Payne, uh, who, again, a lovely right-hand, right-footed finish into middle of the net, which I think maybe the keeper should have been better with. But, you know, decent finish either way and you know that that's sort what of capped off the first half and the second half really was a bit of a bit of a null and void one to be honest it, I said to a few people that I spoke to after the game it was kind of like going to one of those England friendlies you see against the likes of like Malta or North Macedonia like they're okay games but like I know when I go to England games I'm in the bar by like the 30th minute if that so if I like one of those, and I think a lot of people did end up leaving fairly early in that game, just not because it was a boring game or we were playing bad, it was just because it dons were just in cruise control and there was so much, you tell so much confidence in the players and, you know, there's obviously there's real faith in Williamson and what they're doing there and I think that performance really captivated that and I think, you know, the likes of Cameron Norman saying they're disappointed coming off the pitch kind of shows you how how dominant they were in this game, really. Um, you know, we highlighted a few players here. Obviously, Jack Payne was what we did on you know, on social media. Um, and he had an incredible game. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm very biased towards Jack because I've wanted him here for years, but I thought his performance on the day was absolutely fantastic. You know, an 89% pass accuracy from 81 passes. It was two key passes. Of course, got his 
goal. Um, obviously, had plenty of shots, but it wasn't just attacking wise; it was defensive wise. Also, players like Harden Fielder, you know, he won eleven out of thirteen ground duels, and of course, got the man of the match on a day um, per the sofa score ratings that we go off. So, yeah, a truly fantastic performance from again a player on loan who, again, I don't know why he's in League Two. Obviously, Charlton fans, you know, he particularly didn't play well for for those guys over there in London, but made a bit further north up the road, he's, he's doing pretty well for Milton Keynes, and I think he's. Really showing his true quality, and Williamson obviously, you know, sung his praises about how well he's adapted to his new role at the club, and um, yeah, he's clearly shining in it. And of course, the other one who again had a standout performance, Joe Tomlinson mentioned, of course, got two assists over two of his four key passes on the day, uh, was bombing up and down that right hand wing, um, took part in plenty of aerial and ground duels. Um, yeah, again, I, again, a player obviously who we mentioned, I mentioned on. Um, the Morgan podcast uh, I went on earlier this week that you know he was one of the key players that was highlighted to us by people in the industry who would be you know he is a Mike Williamson type of player and whether it's on the left hand side or right outside of the defence um, he was absolutely phenomenal and you know it's it's hard to see him again a bit like Payne it's hard to see him come out of the team anytime soon I think you know we were seeing Cameron Norman on that right hand side early, earlier half of the season obviously that was under Alexander now Norman seems to be more of a right-handed centre-back alongside Warren O'Hara and Dean Lewington. And yeah, Joe Tomlinson's kind of taking the role on to his own, really, which is you know, all power to him. It's it's clearly benefiting the team really well. And you know, despite the team only having 62% possession on the day, it felt like they had so much more than that. And and Tomlinson was a really key part to that. Um, obviously, you know, Conor Grant had a, an okay day, I thought. Obviously, he came off early, but... Yeah, he had plenty of chances in the game. Obviously, he sliced a few of them um, with the two shots off target. But getting in all the areas is that like, sort of like floating number ten, um, and you know, really, really being a nice compliment to you know the likes of Dean and Gilby. And, you know, it was, it was uh, I think on another day probably has two goals to be honest, and shows a really nice skill um, in a chance that he did get. And again, sticking with the theme, a you know, really good passing accuracy, eighty three percent, despite not passing the ball incredibly much. Um, good see from Robson back. Of course, he got complimentary yellow card and played again like Conor Grant in seven, seven minutes. But um, yeah, again, just the Ethan Robson we can't expect it, to be honest. A bit of a workhorse. I played as perfect compliment to the other midfielders in Payne and, and Gilby. It allows Gilby to be a bit more further advanced and particularly he might have been at the start of the season. Truly become that box-to-box midfielder. Uh, yeah, and again, another option in the midfield that we're going to have now moving forward. Alongside MJ Williams, of course, also who will return for the Morecambe game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was there wasn't really much else to comment on. It was it was quite a, a routine performance, which I'm not used to saying about MK Dons um, over the past couple of seasons. But yeah, it was it was a weird one, but a really really good performance, I must say. And obviously, it puts Dons in a pretty strong position. It being only you know one sort of one win away from the playoffs and with a game in hand there as the teams are in the playoffs so very strong position um ahead of a, a really a really key period for the club um, in terms of christmas obviously a lot of people i like the narrative of the christmas really sort of defines your season and obviously with don's you know playing um forest green recently uh who just had the manager by the way and troy Deeney's now in charge who had the only real chance of that game didn't even that header from that corner but um you know, the likes of Colchester again, we've got to play again after our, our sort of game against them in, in, uh, in Essex. So Crawley got to play again, which is a team that we fell short of earlier in the season. 
Um, and of course, um, Doncaster on New Year's Day, which um, who, funnily enough, a team that we're playing on Saturday, Morecambe beat 5 0 at the weekend. So, you know, I think whilst no game in League Two is easy, um, this is a pretty favourable schedule for the Dons uh, with the next sort of three to four games. We'd like to think that if we're not picking up a decent haul of points here and maybe getting into the sort of the seventh or sixth spot in the league, you know, you should be maybe asking a few questions. Um, and obviously, maybe next episode, um, more towards the new year, me and Joe will chat about our January thoughts. But um, yeah, exciting times, I'd say. Uh, very promising. I think the team's playing very well. Um, and again, I, I mean, if, if they're going to play that against. Forest Green, I mean, whilst it is Forest Green, they are 23rd in the lead and sat the manager, you know, you would you would fancy them against the likes of, you know, Mansfield, potentially Stockport, um, and the bigger teams in the league, because we know how good the squad can be. And it's certainly got the depth, absolutely. So there's every chance that, you know, we could challenge for definitely top seven and maybe even higher than that, depending on the ambitions of the team. Okay, that's about Forest Green. Let's get into our opposition overview preview um, with Dave Salmon of the Morgan podcast that we usually get him on. Dave's fantastic. Have a listen to this and I'll join you after a short little break. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to our latest opposition overview. And we've got a familiar face on today. Of course, uh, Morecambe on Saturday, the final game for Christmas. And what a better way to celebrate that than welcome on Dave Salmon onto the podcast. Dave, how are you doing? Liam, thanks for having me back on, mate. A shame we can't be talking as both teams in League One, but uh, we are where we are, aren't we, I suppose. Yeah, I was saying on your podcast, wasn't I? Like the last time we spoke, we were sort of saying, oh, hopefully, you're both in League One next year. And here we are, Dan and League Two, once again, chatting about our two teams playing in the league. But as this is Milton Keynes, swings around about us, and hopefully, we can speak about ourselves in League One again next season for the pair of us. Well, I hope so. I mean, it, I think we were both unlucky to get relegated, didn't you? And actually, I mean, you. You absolutely hammered the door down against Burton Alvin, didn't you? Just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. If we'd have beat Exeter in our last game of the season, we lost 3-2, we'd have stayed up as well. So it's it's fine margins, I suppose, isn't it? But uh, we're having a decent time in League 2, at least, so it's not all bad. Yeah, say, I mean, obviously, recording this before the Forest Green game and before your guys' game on Saturday, but you know, both mid-table, 12th and 13th, respectively. Obviously, you've just changed the manager, much like we have. Derek Adams has gone and Gerard Brannan is in. Um, what you were telling me, Dave, it's a pretty similar play style, despite the change of manager. Yeah, it is. Um, we, we've uh, promoted from within, effectively, and uh, I think given everything and, and given all of our behind-the-scenes issues and our ownership situation at the moment, that was probably always going to be the case. There were a lot of good managers out there 
Uh, and uh, I mean, Derek Adams leaving, I think it was perhaps inevitable. Uh, at some point, he was always going to go. And, and of course, if Ross County came knocking his former club, when he's had success twice before, moved back to Scotland, uh, given everything that else had gone on, I think all the stars aligned. And uh, we, we wish Derek all the best. He'll forever be a Morecambe legend for, for, for getting Morecambe into League One for the first time in their history and then keeping us up on in, in, their, in our first season. So uh, of that, there is no doubt. But uh, Jed Brannan came in. He's not been long at the club himself, actually. Liam, he came from Accrington Stanley's Academy in September. September uh, came to join the coaching staff and uh, I think given everything and, and, and a lot of um, out-of-work managers, uh, Dave Artell, Gary Bowyer and, and many other names that, that were actually mentioned, um, they would probably have wanted a budget to work with and, and uh, we can't provide that at the moment. So an internal uh, appointment was probably going to be the way to go and the byproduct of that, of course, is it's a very similar style of player's result. Yeah, so for, forgive the listeners who don't know what a, a Morecambe style is currently, but just explain what we should expect from Morecambe heading into heading up to Mazuma on Saturday uh, from a Brandon team. So I think to uh, to put it into in, into context, I think it's going to be two teams with completely opposing styles. Um, you obviously like to have lots of the ball and and possession and try and do something with it, and uh, I, I imagine we will be. Uh, quite the opposite of that, really. We are a, a low possession side. If if it's 70-30 in your favour, that's no problem at all. We'll watch you pass it around on the halfway line in your own half. You can recycle the ball all day long. We will just watch you do that. No problem at all. The way we like to attack is to soak that pressure up. We keep our shape. And then eventually you've got to play a risky forward ball at some point. And then we try and nick it away. And then we'll hit you on the break. Not not direct, not, not route one by any stretch, but certainly fast. And they're trying to get the ball into the final third. We like to play with two out-and-out wide players as well and then get the ball into the middle. So it'll be a back four predominantly. Then we'll have two holding midfielders uh, and a number 10 and an out-and-out left and right winger. And uh, we've got quite a useful number nine up top who's uh, putting them away for fun at the moment. So uh, that's our formation, 4-2-3-1. Low possession, hit on the break with pace. Yeah, I was going to say, as I mentioned about a few players, obviously a few people Don's players in the team, obviously Charlie Brown, uh, a player who didn't particularly hit it off well here, but uh, old players always have a habit of scoring against us, seems to be. But um, I want to chat about Stuart Moore, obviously a, a keeper who I think we played in, in pre-season a few seasons ago, like Barnet, but obviously he was predominantly a backer for Milton Keynes, but he seems to have found a home at Morecambe and seems to be playing pretty well. He's been was playing really well until he got injured a while ago. Unfortunately, he was oh, our, our he was our number his. one. Um, he was just starting to make the position his own. I, I think when you are the, the when you've had the kind of career that Stu Moore's had, and you've never quite established yourself as a number one at any club that you've you've been at, but you've still been a pro for about ten years. So you you must be a good keeper to to keep finding you know clubs. Um, he finally found his home here at Morecambe and uh, he was starting to really, really play well. And he took a goal kick against Sutton United about a month ago. Just completely innocuous, ordinary goal kick. And uh, he had quite, he suffered quite a nasty rip muscle injury. I think it's the hip flexor, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, and he tore it completely away from his hip bone, uh, just taking a goal kick. Uh, so he's going to be out until about February, unfortunately. Oh. So he'll, he'll probably be back for the return game. Uh, but uh, at, at the moment, he's, uh, he's on the sidelines, which which is a bit of a shame because he was really starting to find his groove. Charlie Brown's not got much of a had a kick for us either uh, in the league so far this season. So uh, he's unlikely to play as well as it stands. So uh, you're not going to have anybody come back to haunt you, I don't think. 
Well, I'm more worried about uh, some of the players of the the more compressant currently, Michael Mellon. I, I just mentioned, I think it's 11 goals in it in the league this year. Uh, seems to be scoring for fun, as you mentioned. Why, I suppose, obviously we've seen it previously from more, more from strikers, but why do you think Mellon is doing so well on this system compared to other strikers? I think he's he's just got a bit older, a bit bigger, a bit more physical. He's filled out a bit more and uh, he's improving with every game. He's only played about 30 senior games of football. We had him on loan from Burnley in the January transfer window last season and he hadn't made his senior debut at all. So uh, he, he played against Ipswich. That was his debut last season on what a baptism of fire that was. Um, he played about 10 games for us last season. Didn't score, but uh, you could see the promise was there. And then he got injured. He did, I think he dislocated his shoulder and that ended his season. Got him back on a season-long loan this season. And I suppose at the time, it was we had no idea that he would have performed to the level that he's performed. I think if you were to ask Derek Adams or our head of recruitment, Greg Strong, they, they will probably tell you a different story and they knew that this was going to happen. Of course they would. Uh, but uh, he's he, from the word go, he clicked absolutely. And uh, he's one of these strikers, leads the line well, happy with his back to goal, uh, can take a penalty, can take a free kick. And uh, 13 goals at time of recording in all competitions, that, uh, that tells its own story. I think the worry we've got now, not only with Michael Mellon, but with some of our other key loan players, I'll come on to those in a minute, is actually keeping them in the January transfer window. We've got yeah. them until the end of the season on loan, but of course there's always a recall clause in the window. So fingers crossed we can hold on to them. Yeah, that's the real issue, isn't it? With particularly in League Two, is that any any ounce of talent you may have in your squad, which out Maxine, of course, on your podcast, you know, it can be snapped up at any moment and it's it's difficult, but it's one thing you have to accept and just deal with it and try and come up with a plan B as best as possible. Well, we haven't got, in terms of Michael Mellon, we haven't got another out-and-out centre-forward in the squad. So if he gets recalled by Burnley, perhaps to go out on loan to a League One club or, or higher, then we would have to dip into the market and, and, and replace him. I don't think there's anybody in the squad who could step up to the plate there. We've got two other players on loan who are both playing really, really well at the moment. Tom Bloxham on loan from, from Shrewsbury. He will hug the right wing. He'll bow up and down the touchline. He's been playing really well this season. Chance he might be recalled. Eli King as well, uh, central midfielder from Cardiff. He, uh, he just makes things tick in the middle of the park. I call him the onion in the curry, Liam. And, <laughs> and that's because um, you don't notice him when he's on the pitch because he ticks things over so nicely without any fuss. Uh, but when he's not there, you really notice that he's missing. Do you know what I mean? So uh, Eli's doing really well. So there's a chance they, they could be recalled. I think if we can keep them all at the end of January, uh, that will be a very successful window for us because they are all very, very much key players for us. Yeah, I suppose these next sort of few weeks are really key than aren't they in terms of getting results because if you can sort of prove your playoff contender, there's a better chance of keeping those players than they would be if they were, say, 15th, 16th in the league, probably not looking for to push on in the table. But... You mentioned Bloxham. I think me and Joe were actually pretty keen on Bloxham in the summer, actually, in terms of a loan target. Um, fortunately, Alexander wasn't too keen on loans, uh, so he didn't get any in. But um, I didn't want to speak too much about the off-pit situation because obviously it's it's been ongoing for ages, but I did want to address it because obviously, you know, you come to the podcast, Dave, and it's important that we do address it in some sort of formal matter. So give us a sort of a, a brief breakdown on, on the ownership currently and how you see it going. So it's been rumbling on for about 15 months now. The the current owners, uh, the current majority shareholder is a guy called Jason Whittingham, who owns a company called the Bond Group. Uh, the club went up for sale last September 2022. And for many months, there was uh, one particular 
front runner in the frame, a guy called uh, Saab Johal from a company called Saab Capital. It became clear very quickly that he either didn't have the money or he couldn't prove the legitimacy of the, of the funds that, that that he claimed to have. Uh, fast forward to February this year, uh, the EFL issued a statement, which was quite an unprecedented step, actually, to say to Mr. Johal, you need to prove, you need to show us the paperwork, basically, because we can't ratify the deal and you can't go any further forward. Um, since then, not much has happened. It's dragged on and on and on. And of course, the byproduct of that was in the summer. We couldn't offer anybody a contract because we didn't have yeah. any, any budget to do so. So every every single out of contract player left the club after we got relegated. We would have offered contracts to half of the half of the squad out of contracts. No doubt about that. We didn't want to see Cole Stockton go, Connor Ripley go, these kind of players, but we had no choice. Uh, they then mustered up some kind of, of budget to uh, get some kind of squad together. And we've had to, well, basically beg, borrow and steal from here, there and everywhere to, to get a squad of, of mainly young players together. Everybody signed on a permanent deal as a one-year contract. Uh, some alone, so everybody's out of contract in the summer, and that, that tells you everything cool. you need to know about the, the ongoing financial situation. Christmas 2023, the club still nowhere near being sold to the very best of my knowledge. We thought it had all gone quiet with Saab uh, Capital, but uh, last week against Stockport, uh, Saab Johal appeared in the VIP box uh, back at the club, so yeah, make, of that, make of that what you will. Um, and uh, we are no further forward than that, really. So I think fingers crossed that, that something can happen in the next few months. It has to happen for the sake of the club and everybody connected with the club. It has to happen. The directors issued a very uh, stark warning statement uh, a couple of weeks ago to say, well, look, you need to sell the club. Otherwise, there's going to be terrible consequences and we don't want it to get to that stage. So hopefully something can happen quite soon. So given everything that's happened, really, Liam, it's remarkable that we are where we are in the league, and that's a testament to the squad that's been put together. Absolutely, mate. Maybe a little Christmas miracle in terms of new owners could come uh, sooner rather than later, which would be nice. Well, it would do, and I think there are credible buyers out there. There's no question about that, because because Morecambe are in a very interesting situation where we're not in loads and loads of debt. We've not got much in the bank, but the reason for that is because our current owner called in all of his director's loans. So all of the profit we made in the two seasons in League One got wiped out, paying the owner back from his initial investment in the club. So yeah. that's where we're at. So it's, it's a good investment, good opportunity for somebody because somebody, whoever comes in, they haven't got to clear the decks. They haven't got to pay creditors off. They can just come in and, and, and go. So it should be a good investment for somebody. If you've got a spare few million quid down the back of the sofa, let me know. We can maybe go into partnership perhaps. <laughs> I wish I did, mate. I wish I did. Um, <laughs> I suppose with all the turbulence off the pitch, on the pitch at Mazuma, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Only lost one game at home all season in the league. Yeah. Do you fancy chances on, on Saturday? I think I fancy our chances against anybody at home. Uh, the one defeat was a bit of an anomaly. It was uh, Jeb Brannan's first game in permanent charge at home against Newport. We took the lead early. We looked okay. Hit the bar with a header. Missed the sitter. Should have been probably 3-0 up and then they scored twice in quick succession and won the game 2-1. Apart from that, we've been absolutely terrific at home this season. We got a very, very good draw against Stockport County uh, last weekend. So, uh, And we, we've beaten some very good teams here as well. So, you are going to be in for for, for a, a, a bit of a battle, I think. It's going to be certainly a game of, of two contrasting styles, that's for sure. And I think that probably makes for an interesting game of football, actually, because we won't all be going at it. We won't both be sitting back. Uh, we are we are going to be where we are in that regard. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think you are going to be uh, you are going to know that you're in a game, but we know as well that you've got uh, probably one of the deepest squads 
in, in the division. I mean, you look at who's on your bench. Several of those were regular League One starters for you last season, weren't they? And you can't, they can't even get in the first 11 this time around. So I know it's a change of manager and stuff as well, which obviously makes a bit of a difference. But uh, if you compare the depth of the two squads, there's no comparison. But uh, I think on the pitch, uh, you'll, if we can fire anywhere near how we can play, uh, that counter-attack um, hitting with uh, with pace on the break, soaking the pressure up, then uh, you're going to know that you're in a game, that's for sure. Yeah, no, we said to me on your podcast, it's a very competitive game. And I think, oh, I, th- I think if I was to get anything from this game, either way, I think they'd be happy. Um, I think it's two teams that are maybe looking up rather than down at this point. We hope so anyway in that case. Um, and yeah, should be a good one for all the fans that are attending. Dave, thank you very much once again for coming onto the podcast. Obviously, once it goes out on your end, we're more than happy to share it. And please check it out if you can do. And obviously, um, around also on Dave's podcast, chat about MP Don's perspective. So, if you like this to that, please do. Dave, have a good Christmas. Obviously, I wish you all the best in the new year as well. And I will see you later in the season. All the best to yourself, Liam, and to Joe and everyone else who listens to the MK1 podcast. Merry Christmas and good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday. Do you know what? I've got a good feeling that both teams are going to be there or thereabouts. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> all the best, mate. Speak to you next time. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you very much, Dave, for coming on to the podcast and, as always, giving his fantastic thoughts on Morecambe, uh, being, of course, the co-commentator for the club up and down the country. Of course, we didn't get a chance to chat today, actually, about um, the charges against Morecambe and its owners that have recently come to light, which, despite the on-the-field performances, that's a bit of a blow. Uh, obviously, one charge against the football club and two against the owner in regards to you know, replenishing funds, in regards to paying players, which is... Of course, a blow, um, particularly with January coming up. You know, you've got, as Dave mentioned, you've got a lot of young talents on loan and potentially who are being eyed up by other clubs that are higher up the pyramid, particularly Eli King, who, you know, losing them and failing to replace them is going to be a bit of a blow. Of course, all their summer, we're having this summer as well for them in regards to having no players contracted and to being where they are now. Um, it would be a massive blow to them. But an entertaining game Saturday for sure. Um, obviously a team that are pretty resolute at home, but like ourselves in some ways, we're looking to keep that keep that form going and end the year on a strong on a strong format compared to the rest of the league and hopefully propel them to bigger and better things twenty twenty four. Um yeah, and another big game for Dan Harvey and Joe Tomlinson against their wing backs and their wingers, uh, to try and see who gets better out of them. And I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Williamson changes too much. I mean, I was, I was saying on, on the podcast for the Morecambe guys that I could see potentially a slight tweak in formations, maybe have two box 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 midfielders um, and obviously still allowing Payne to keep his role just to try and cover off some counter-attacks potentially. But I can't see the system changing too much. Obviously, Dean will always spearhead it and the likes of Connor Grant will always be sort of roaming tens and sort of helping him out and trying to get the ball to him in the key areas. But you know, you can't really drop that many players based off what we saw against Forest Green. It was almost a perfect performance in some respects. So it'd be difficult to, as a manager, if I'm Mike Williamson, go into that game to sort of say, none of you deserve to start. But if you are heading up to the Zuma, of course, safe travels. Um, the last game for Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone. And if I don't speak to you before, Happy New Year. Uh, the plan for us is to have an episode out either just before or just after the Crawley game on the 29th. I was started looking back at the Christmas period, uh, looking ahead to Doncaster and also giving our thoughts on some transfers that maybe we'd like to see. Um, and of course, commenting on whether or not we think 
uh, a certain Dan Kemp will be at the football club moving forward. Um, but that's a lot to get into uh, after Christmas. As I said, have a good one. Um, enjoy more with heading up. It's a great away day, even if it is going to be absolutely freezing cold. And until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.